Welcome to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast, a podcast designed to come alongside you as a leader and help you become the leader you were created to be. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. Think about that. And yet recently I have set before many great leaders who are struggling to give what they don't have. Many leaders don't have anything left to give. Daily leading is draining, and if we're not careful, the demand to continually give and serve others can leave us empty. And an empty leader is not a healthy leader, and an empty leader cannot lead in a healthy manner. Now remember, leadership is influence, and all of us have influence, so all of us are leaders in our own right. And all of us have recently gone through a tremendous amount of difficult situations, circumstances, and even seasons. Think about this. After two years of pandemic stress, uh, there's deep divisions in our society. Uh, many clergy are simply burned out. A survey this year from Barna, a Christian research organization, asked pastors if they'd given serious consideration to quitting. And you're not going to believe the answer. 42%, that's right, that's not a mistake, 42% said yes, they were thinking about quitting. In 2021, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, over 47 million Americans voluntarily quit their jobs. Over 47 million Americans didn't get fired. They voluntarily quit their jobs. It's, it's an unprecedented mass exodus from the workplace spurred on by the COVID-19 and what is now being widely called the Great Resignation. And worker shortages are apparent everywhere. People come and they say, I'm, I'm looking for a job. Do you know anyone hiring? My answer is, I don't know anyone who's not hiring. Gas stations, dentists, uh, the local steak and shake now is looking for people. And, and, and many of the businesses have reduced their hours of operation because they can't find employees to replace those who have quit. On today's episode, we're going to discuss one of the most important principles of leadership, and it is the principle of leadership overflow. The principle of leadership overflow, leading out of our overflow. Now, this principle is interwoven throughout the greatest leadership book of all time, the Bible. I love what my friend Dr. John Maxwell says, and it is so true. Everything I learned about leadership, I learned from the Bible. So you say, well, tell me about this principle. Where do we find this principle? Well, we go back to the beginning, and we can see it actually even back in the beginning of Genesis 1, but we're going to go to Genesis 12, and we see that God calls a man by the name of Abram. We know him as Abraham. And God says, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going, to, I'm going to bless your name. I'm going to make it great. I'm going to give you a land. And, I, and here's the key. I'm going to bless all the people of the earth through you. I'm going to bless you so that through you, I can bless all the other people. Leadership is about leading out of our overflow. And so we're going to learn how to lead out of our overflow and how to use that and how to replenish that overflow so that we can remain effective as leaders. We see the principle with Moses in the book of Exodus. In Exodus 33, we see that it literally says that Moses met with God face to face as one speaks to a friend. 
Moses would meet with God, and then Moses would come out, and he would meet with the people. Moses would come in and meet with God, and then he would come out, and he would speak to the people. He would lead the people. Think about this. He was leading anywhere from one to two million people, grumbling, complaining, difficult people. Maybe like maybe you're, maybe you're leading some people like that, or, or maybe you know sometimes we're like that. But he did it out of the overflow. That's how he was able to do it. And then here's a scripture that is really a principle that has really been helpful to me is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Let me, let me read it to you. It goes like this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort. Now don't miss this next part. Who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Notice it says that we're able to help others with the help that we receive from God by using the help we received to help them. In other words, it's the principle that's throughout the Bible, the principle of leading out of our overflow. But here's the problem. Many leaders today are leading out of their leftovers instead of leading out of their overflow. Why are they leading out of their leftovers? Because the overflow is dried up. The overflow has been gone a long time ago. You see, leading takes a physical, a mental, an emotional, and a spiritual toil on us. We often adapt to leading on an empty tank, and we normalize it. We begin to take pride. Maybe, maybe you can relate to this. We take pride in how much work we do, how overwhelmed we are, how tired we consistently are, and we don't take the time that we need to recharge. There's a lot of people and a lot of leaders who are quitting and many others who are running on empty. You know, on our gas tank, we get a light that says that we're about out of fuel, and it gives us a warning. And a lot of vehicles even have were how many miles to empty. Wouldn't it be nice in life if we had something that would tell us, you know, how many miles to empty? Uh, we would probably do the same thing with life that we do with our gas tank. I can tell you numerous times where it said I only had this much, where it was one or zero, and I pushed it to the max. And we do that with life as well. <clears throat> If you run out of gas in your car, you may just have to walk, or you may nowadays just make a phone call and somebody bring you gas. But if you run out of gas as a leader, not only does it affect you, not only can it destroy you, your family, but it can destroy those you lead. So let me give us seven warning signs that will help us. Well, let's just say they're indicators that perhaps we're leading on empty. And we need a refilling. And, and then I'm going to share three things that we need to do in order to lead out of our overflow. So seven warning signs and then three ways to refuel. Uh, warning sign number one. By the way, these are not exhaustive in nature. But I believe that if you're leading on empty, that one or more of these are a part of your life and you will identify with them immediately. Number one is you have difficulty focusing. A lack of concentration. In other words, you, <clears throat> excuse me, have a hard time staying on task. You're, you start a project, but you have trouble finishing it. Uh, you start something, but then you're distracted by everything else that is going on. And you just can't seem to keep the focus that it takes to get it done. 
A second warning sign, an indicator that we are leaving on empty is irritability. We're irritable. We're irritable with those who are around us. We're irritable with those who are closest to us. You see, the person leading on empty will often feel trapped and therefore will become angry at those around them. The third indicator, the third warning sign is insomnia, uh, where you just can't sleep. You lay awake and you can't sleep. You're exhausted, but you can't sleep. And when you do sleep, you don't sleep well. You wake up and you're thinking about things and you can't shut your brain off and you got so much going on in your mind. A fourth indicator is this heaviness that comes on us and we, it's a depression. It's difficult to get out of bed. It's difficult to get ready for work. It's difficult to go to work. It's difficult to do your daily task because you feel a heaviness. Number five, and this is a big one, is a sense of hopelessness. A sense of hopelessness. It doesn't matter what I do. It's not going to make a difference. Today will be just like yesterday. In other words, we start operating out of this hopelessness. Number six is we have difficulty making decisions. Difficulty making decisions. And a lot of them are decisions that when we're not leading on empty, we would make the decisions in a heartbeat. It would be done. It would, we wouldn't even have to give it a second thought. But when we're, when we're running on empty or we're running low or we're leading out of our leftovers instead of leading out of our overflow, we begin to have trouble making decisions, decisions that normally are easy to make. And certainly cannot make decisions that are difficult to make. Number seven, and I see this often in leaders, it is a loss of interest. A loss of interest in anything, a loss of interest in everything, a loss of interest in day-to-day -day activities, relationships, a loss of interest in life. It's where we, we begin to feel numb. We just don't feel anything. How many of you right now can relate to one or more of these seven warning signs, these indicators that we are leading on empty. You see, someone once said, burnout happens when our doing exceeds our being. Burnout happens when our doing exceeds our being. Now, I want to give three keys to leading out of overflow. Three keys to leaving, leading out of overflow. I love what Max Lucado once tweeted. He said, our heart is a Dixie cup, and God's grace is Niagara. We simply can't contain it all. Let me tell you something, precious leader. It's time to quit leading on empty. It's time to quit leading on half full or leftovers. And in order to do that, we have to have these three B's. We have to stay with these three B's. Let me give you, let me give you these three. Number one is stay humble. And that's about our position. Stay humble. That's about our position. Forbes writer George Bratt says one of the most fundamental lessons of leadership is that if you're a leader, it's not about you. It's about the people following you. I say this all the time, and sometimes it frustrates people when I say it, but it's so true. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about the people that we are leading, and it's about the purpose of why we're leading. And so our position should be one of humility, one of humility, not one of pride, not one of arrogance, 
One of the greatest passages that reveals, again, the principle of leading out of our overflow is John chapter 15. These are the words of Jesus, and he speaks this to his disciples. He speaks this to us, and he says, I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he will take away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may be more fruitful or may bear more fruit. Now it goes on and says, you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So here's the key. Here's a key principle to being able to lead out of our overflow and to lead from a healthy position so that we can lead others in a healthy manner. It's abiding in him. It's staying humble, staying connected. He goes on and he says this. This is a, a life verse for me. If you've been around me at all, you know this. John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. It's imperative that we stay connected to God and that we walk in humility I love what Mother Teresa said. She said, I'm a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. Mother Teresa said, I'm a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. Jesus said, apart from me, apart from him, you and I can do nothing but with him Nothing is impossible. Solomon wrote in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. In James 4, 6, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Recently, I took our staff on a field trip, if you will, to see the movie Jesus Revolution. And then I just last night took my family with me because my wife Wendy was out of town and so we were all able to go last night and we were able to watch it again and there's so many leadership principles out of there I thought about doing a leadership podcast just on the Jesus Revolution movie but there's one on there where one of the main characters begins to shift from what God was doing through him leading out of the overflow to thinking it was him leading out of pride, leading out of arrogance instead of leading out of humility. And once that happened, you could feel the shift in what was about to take place because he stepped in a position. His position went from being one that could be used mightily to lead others to God to one who was standing between others and God. Make sure in your leadership that you walk in humility so that you can lead others to God and by the power of God instead of standing in pride where we stand between others and God and all of a sudden we put ourselves in a position to be opposed by God. Many leaders fall because of this very thing. James 4, 6, I said already, but it said, let me say it again. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 5, 5 through 7, Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
And, and then this part, listen to this. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. So here's what we need to do as leaders. If we're going to lead out of our overflow, we need to realize it's not about us. It's about the people that we are leading, and it's about making sure that we're leading them well. And in order to do that, we have to lead from a position of humility. Be clothed with humility. Why? Because if we lead from a position of pride, then we are in direct opposition to Almighty God. And the Word says that if we do that, God will humble us. Quite frankly, we will become humiliated. But if we lead from a place of humility, then God will lift us up, which will position us and empower us to lead others in a more effective manner. Well, let me give you some practical ways to practice humility. You can discuss these yourself with your spouse, with your family, with your team. Uh, first of all, number one is, <clears throat> excuse me, take responsibility. Take responsibility. I see it all the time in leadership uh, positions when things go wrong, that many leaders, instead of taking responsibility, instead of owning it, they place the blame on someone else or something else. We do this in life all the time. And if we're going to be a leader that leads out of our overflow, if we're going to be a leader that leads with humility, the first B, the most important, be humble. If we're going to be a leader that leads that way, then we must take responsibility. When things aren't going well, the buck stops here. And we need to take responsibility and lead out of that humility. The second thing is ask questions and practice active listening. Ask questions and practice active listening. Often we ask questions when we already think we know the answer. We often ask questions and instead of actively listening to those we're asking the questions to, we already have our rehearsed answer and we miss out on hearing what they're saying, which could be very critical. And so ask questions. Great leaders ask questions. But also great leaders, humble leaders, leaders who lead out of their overflow, practice active listening. Third thing is keep an open mind. You know, a lot of times I always, I always tease when I hear a song the first time, I never like it. That's almost always true. <clears throat> but sometimes the same song that I didn't like initially after listening to it over and over again, it becomes one of my favorite songs. What I want to encourage you to do is, is that when you're listening, you may hear a whole lot you don't like, but try to find something you do like, a new or different idea. Remember, you don't know everything, and neither do I. None of us do. And so let's keep an open mind. Number four, treat everyone as if they are the MVP. Treat everyone as if they are the MVP. MVP means most valuable player. Treat them as if they're the most important person. If you're leading an organization, every single person that is a part of your organization, when they see you, they should feel like they're the most valuable player, that they're the most important person. People don't always remember what you say, but they remember how you make them feel. And so I want to challenge you as a leader 
to make sure that you're making time, taking time to let everyone know how important they are. The fifth one and the final one here that we'll give, and again, this is no way an exhaustive list, but prioritize learning. And if you want to stay humble, keep learning because here's what, here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned in my learning. <laughs> the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. The more I learn, the more I realize I need to learn. The more I learn, the more I appreciate those who know what I don't know and can help me learn what I don't know. And so these are five ways that we can practice humility in our leadership. Now let me give you the number two thing that we need to be and we need to stay. We need to be and stay hungry, and that's our passion. Humility is our position. Staying hungry is our passion. In the movie, The Jesus Revolution, I I love what Lonnie said there. He said, and this is true today, and it's always true, but it's especially true right now. There is an entire generation right now searching for God. I tell you what, I've seen it now more than ever before. Lonnie goes on and he says, I know we must seem a little strange, but if you look a little deeper, if you look with love, you'll see a bunch of kids that are searching for all the right things just in all the wrong places. Man, there's a generation of young people. And you know, it's not just the young people. We're living in an unprecedented time right now where there are five generations alive at one time. And you know what I see? I see this hunger in all five generations. I especially see it in our young people right now, what's going on at Asbury and around our nation and what I'm seeing even here in Lincoln, Illinois, in our church and in our community. But I also see it happening among generations. And it's imperative that as a leader, if we're going to lead well, if we're going to lead out of our overflow, we must stay hungry. Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now there's a scripture, people ask me, where's where's the principle of leading out of your overflow in the Bible? I've already given you from Genesis on. But let me give you some words of Jesus. Jesus said in John 7, verse 37, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he cried out saying in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then it says, by this, He spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in Him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So what does He mean? Out of our belly, if we're hungry, if we stay hungry, if we stay thirsty, then out of our belly, rivers of living water will flow. Rivers of life. Rivers of healing. Rivers of leadership. How are we going to lead from a healthy place? How are we going to lead from our overflow? Well, we have to be full to overflowing so that out of that we can lead others and lead them well. Here's the key. Stay hungry and motivated, not arrogant and entitled. There's a lot of leaders when they get up, when they get into a position, their passion goes from staying hungry and motivated to becoming arrogant and entitled and self-serving. 
Well, how do we stop this from happening? Let me give you five things, five practical ways. Number one, don't settle. Many people settle when they get to a good place and they miss out on experiencing the best place. Many people settle in their leadership when they get to a good place and say, well, this is good. I I like this. I think I'll just stay here. And they miss out on experiencing an even better place and even more effective leadership. I love what Earl Nightingale said. He said, if a person will spend one hour a day on the same subject for five years, that person will become an expert on that subject. If a person will spend one hour a day on the same subject for five years, that person will become an expert on that subject. Don't settle for being good. Don't even settle for being great. Don't settle at all. Stay hungry. Number two is reiterate the vision. Now, this is personally for us as leaders that we remind ourselves of the vision, but it's also critical for us as leaders in order to lead others out of our overflow is that we are constantly reiterating the vision. Here is the vision. That was what was so powerful about Martin Luther King Jr. is that he shared his dream and people ran with the vision, the dream that God had given him. In order to lead well, in order to lead out of our overflow, we must reiterate the vision. Number three, and this is critical, and we don't often take time to do this. And and let me tell you, I am guilty. I am guilty because sometimes we accomplish something and instead of taking the moment to celebrate the win, number three is celebrate the win, we move on to the next task, the next thing that needs to be done. We need to stop and celebrate the win. And if we're going to lead out of our overflow, we need to take time to celebrate the win because when we celebrate the win, it is then that we experience even greater overflow. And it's when our team experiences greater overflow as well. Number four, and this is going to sound crazy, but, but, but it's so important. If you're leading a team, and this is if you're leading a team, in order to lead out of your overflow, you need to spend time eating together. You need to have a meal together. You need to break bread together. Why do you think so many salespeople and business organizations take their guests out to eat? They wine them and they dine them. Why is that? Because that is a critical time of staying connected, of getting connected, of growing more connected, but also it produces doing life together. We we begin to laugh, we begin to get to know each other, and we're able to lead out of our overflow. Now, number six, and this is critical, get out of the office together. If you're leading a team, get out of the office. Now, eating together is one thing. We, we open up when we eat together, we're able to get to know each other, we're able to lead from a better position because we know the people that we are leading better, and so we can lead them out of the overflow and lead them well. Number five is get out of the office together. Do some team building that is not just work related. Now, we've, we did two things recently. We took our staff and, did, and, and went axe throwing. And that was a lot of fun over our, over our Christmas party celebration. We went out to eat, but then we went axe throwing. And we laughed and we had fun and it was a great time. And what did it do? It enabled us to grow and connect so that we could lead better. Also, recently, we took our team to see the Jesus Revolution movie. 
Why would we do that? Because it was a time to connect, a time to laugh, a time to be together outside the office, which develops a healthy team and helps us lead well out of our overflow. Let me get to the last one because I'm beyond normal time here. So let me get to the last one. Stay with me. Number three is stay healthy. And that's our practice. Stay healthy. And that's our, our practice. So stay humble. That's our position. That's our, that's our position. We must stay humble. Stay hungry. That's our passion. And number three, stay healthy. That's our practice. Healthy leadership is about who before what? Healthy leadership is about who before what? Mother Teresa said, to keep the lamp burning, we have to keep putting oil in it. To keep the lamp burning, we have to keep putting oil in it. Now, what I'm going to share with you for staying healthy is four disciplines. And these disciplines, uh, three out of the four, I'll just be real with you, three out of the four are a key part of my life. The fourth one, I'm working on hard. And what's interesting is, is as I've wrestled through these as a leader, and I'm going to tell you, you need, you need these four disciplines in order to stay healthy and lead out, in order, in order to lead out of your overflow, you need these four disciplines. And recently, I just read an article by leadership guru Michael Hyatt, and he shared these exact same four disciplines. And so let me give them to you. Number one is the discipline of reflection. The discipline of reflection. That's when we take a time for stillness, being quiet, nothing on, no device in our hand. <laughs> we don't do well. We don't do well with it, especially as leaders. We're always doing. Remember, it, it, remember, healthy leadership is about who before what. It's about who before do. And so the discipline of reflection. And so what I've begin, what I've begun to practice is taking time in the morning and also taking time in the evening to just be quiet and reflect. And if you want to take it a step further, begin to journal your reflections. And out of that, you'll be able to lead out of your overflow. The second one is the discipline of rest. The discipline of rest. And this is one that is difficult for me. Recently, we've changed our schedule uh, in our office to try to, can I, can I just be frank, to try to force my hand on myself at rest, to try to force my hand so that I will do this. I know what the Bible says. I know it says in Psalm 127 too, it is vain for you to rise up early and set up late. And yet I still struggle with that as a leader. How about you? What we need is, is we need to take times of rest and solitude, not just isolation. I love what Wayne Cordero says in his book, Leading on Empty. He says, solitude is a chosen separation for refining your soul. Isolation is what you crave when you neglect the first. Let me say that again. Solitude is a chosen separation for refining your soul. Isolation is what you crave when you neglect the first. The third discipline is the discipline of recreation. The discipline of recreation. 
In other words, be active. Find a, a sport, a hobby. For me, it's working out. It's playing basketball in a men's league, in our church, in our community. It's about lifting weights. It's about exercising. I love to hike. Find out what it is, but find some type of recreation that will help you feel better physically, which will also improve your health mentally, which will position you and I practically to lead out of our overflow. And the fourth one is the discipline of relationships. The discipline of relationships. It really matters who we spend our time with. And if we're going to stay healthy, if we're going to stay healthy and lead out of our overflow, we become the average of our five closest friends. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It is imperative that we take time to hang around people that stretch us, that pour into us, people that cause us to become better as individuals, better as leaders, people who spur us on, strengthen us. And one of the ways that you can do that is by getting in a group of leaders that are studying how to become better leaders and how to lead better. And so I want to encourage you. I'm actually starting a group, uh, another group doing that. And I want to encourage you to get involved in that. So four disciplines, the discipline of reflection, the discipline of rest, the discipline of recreation, and the discipline of relationship. Stay healthy. That is our practice. Healthy leadership is about who, before it is what, or before it is do. Lead out of your overflow. It's a principle throughout the greatest leadership book of all time, the Bible. How do we do it? We stay humble. It's not about us. We stay hungry. We just keep wanting to grow and we position ourselves to learn. In other words, stay humble, our position, stay hungry, our passion, and stay healthy, our practice. Thank you for listening to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. For more information or to download the leader guide for this episode, you can go to our website, larrycrawford.live. To get in touch with us, send us an email at leadership at larrycrawford.live.